Hi, I'm Lucy. I'm a compulsive over and under eater. Hi, you guys. Um, I'm really nervous about this um, because I'm covering Tradition 4. And I hadn't read this tradition in a long time. And when I read it, I just felt like, oh, this is so important. All of the traditions are important. I don't think anybody here is new, but just in case, I want to say that this is my own share about my own thoughts and feelings. And it's not, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you things today that represent OA as a whole. And that goes for my talking about tradition four. Um, I want to get it right, and I may not. So, um, and there are a lot of people in this room who have read and studied the traditions over the years. And I'm sure if I get something wrong, somebody else will know the correct way to say it. Um, so I've been back in OA and abstinent for 13 years. Um, I've been in 12-step programs for approaching 39 years. And so I've been hearing about the traditions for a long time. And there are some things I used to hear a lot that I don't hear much anymore. So I'm going to say some of them. <laughs> The uh, the steps are for the individual, what the traditions are for the group and for OA as a whole. The tr traditions are really important because they hold our, our program together and they hold us together as groups, even though as groups we may be very different. And I don't know about you guys, but it's really important to me that OA continue. So I pay attention to the traditions and try to observe them. And um, tradition four, as Irma read, says that we ought to be autonomous affecting our group. And we should not make decisions that affect OA as a whole in any kind of harmful way. And, you know, I say that and it's like, okay, well, what could our group decide that might affect OA as a whole? Well, we might decide that because we were meeting at a certain church that we were going to follow the beliefs of that church. And if you wanted to come to this meeting, you had to believe those beliefs. Well, that misrepresents a way where you don't have to have a higher power necess necessarily. You have to know you're not it. And it's helpful to have a higher power, but you don't have to believe anything in particular. And and that would be, so for our group to decide, we're going to say people have to believe what the church we used to meet at believes would be misrepresenting OA and could harm OA in that way because a lot of people would not want to come to the meeting if they had to believe what that church says. Not that it says anything bad, but that's not how we operate in OA. You know, we're an autonomous 
group. We don't affiliate with other with churches, with other organizations, with anything. Oppose we don't get into causes. We don't get into politics, religion. We don't have opinions on outside issues. We're focused on helping the compulsive overeater to stop doing compulsive behaviors around food. And that's our primary purpose. And so as a group, we get to do whatever we want to do and choose to do within a group conscience. And hopefully that group conscience is comes from our higher powers, inspiration through us. And, you know, I, I remember one meeting I went to weekly. I was really committed to this meeting and went weekly for a couple of years. And then someone stepped up to be secretary and she said it was her way or the highway. And within about three months, that meeting no longer existed. And I say that um, not because that's tradition four, that's a different tradition, but I think it speaks to how much our groups need to be covered, uh, governed by group conscience as inspired by higher power so that our groups continue to meet. And, um, you know, I came back to OA because I had put on a bunch of weight. I'd gone to uh, Weight Watchers. I was determined not to come back to OA. I don't know why, but that's what I was determined to do. And went to Weight Watchers and lost the weight. And then I could see where I was going to be putting it back on if I didn't get more help than Weight Watchers could give me. So I started coming back to OA. And within a short period of time, I was really grateful I'd come back. And I came back to OA here in the East Bay, although I had stopped going to OA meetings when I was living in San Francisco and going to meetings there. And meetings here also followed the steps and traditions like the meetings in San Francisco, which is the, the one caveat about meetings being totally autonomous. It is a requirement that meetings um, convey recovery as it is as it is practiced in the 12 steps and the 12 traditions. And that's an important part of tradition four. Um, inner groups and world service can remove meetings from um, OA lists if those meetings no longer practice the 12 steps and 12 traditions as a way of recovery. And that, that duty is not taken lightly. Um, having been part of intergroup 
and hearing conversations about that related to a particular meeting in past years. I know that choice is never taken lightly and the group is included in the decision. So it's not a, it's not a just anybody can swoop in and take a meeting off the meeting list. There's a lot that goes on before that ever happens. So again, it's the autonomy of OA as practiced through the 12 steps and the 12 traditions. And, you know, we don't want to hurt other groups. You know, if we were to say, oh, our group does it right and that other group does it wrong, well, that could hurt the other group. And who's to say who's doing it right and wrong as long as we're working on recovery through the 12 steps and the 12 traditions in whatever way we want to do that. You know, when I first came to recovery, it was said often, take what you like and leave the rest, which was really helpful for me because I had a really hard time with the spiritual part of the program for a, for years. Um, I was able to work the steps with the help of a sponsor who understood my difficulties, but it was still difficult. And um you know, if somebody had told me I had to believe a certain thing or I had to do it a certain way, I would have left. So I'm really glad that there's a lot of autonomy and groups can practice these traditions and steps and, and otherwise be pretty free to meet however we want, where we want. I've been to meetings on the beach. I've been to meetings in parks, been to meetings in churches and schools, all kinds of places. And uh, it's good we can do those things, be flexible that way. Um, I'm, again, I'm, I'm gonna check some notes because I, I wanna be sure I'm not missing anything. And that's 10 minutes. Thank you. Um, you know, we can have requirements for trusted servants, for speakers. We can say we want speakers who have six months of abstinence. But we don't say that's a requirement for membership. Um, and there are meetings that, you know, have special interests like gay meetings or men's meetings or bulimics meetings. And those groups are encouraged to, while they have a special interest, to be open to other people. I was on vacation in Key West, Florida one year, and I needed a meeting. And I called up the inner group and said, I need a meeting and I'd like to find one tonight if I can. And it turned out they sent me to a men's meeting. My voice is kind of low on the phone and sometimes people think I'm male. So um, I got to that men's meeting and they said to me, well, this is a men's meeting and we hope in the future you'll find other meetings to go to because there are plenty of meetings. Um, but for tonight, 
we want you to get a meeting. So you're welcome here for tonight. And that was really helpful for me. I needed a meeting and I was out of town and didn't know what else to do. Didn't have a meeting scheduled for the area. So I went to this meeting. I could have gone to an earlier meeting somewhere else. Um, but the woman on the phone who gave me the, the meetings said I could go to that one. So, and it was the last one in the evening. So. so it's really important that we be there for each other. But we can have, meetings can have special interests and can do things in their own way. And I'm really grateful for that. I'll take a few minutes now to share a little bit about me. I'm, um, I'm at a place where um, I've been a little hungrier. I've been frustrated with the weather. Usually it's warmer by now and the warmer it gets, the lower my appetite goes. Um, and I'm a little frustrated with that. Um, and things, there have been a number of things that have happened recently, nothing big and horrible, but things that have been stressful. And I think, you know, being the compulsive overeater that I am, I've wanted to eat more. It's not unusual for me at the end of a meal to still be hungry. And I know if I just wait five or 10 minutes, my hunger will abate. But recently it's been popping up a little more. And um, it's important to me to say that. I just want to keep saying that out loud. If I tell you guys that's going on, I'm less likely, first of all, to, to be afraid of it. And secondly, I feel like I'm more accountable. Um, and so far, I haven't had to eat. Um, I was a, a nighttime binger. That was my biggest issue that brought me back to OA. And I'm really care. I want to be really careful about how I eat and what I do in terms of eating more than what I've planned for my meal. Um, one other thing. There, there's one other thing I want to read to you about tradition four. Um, this is from the OA 12 and 12. Oh, where is it? There it is. So I have this online. I don't have it in print. So the um, there are questions here for how well do we live by the fourth tradition? Um, so there are a list of questions. Does our group feel there are only a few right ways of doing things in OA? Do we respect the right of other groups to have practices different from ours? Does our group always consider the welfare of OA as a whole? 
I'm sorry. That's five. Thank you. Thank you. Five left. Does our group always consider the welfare of OA as a whole in making group conscience decisions? Do we do the same when voting on how to spend our group's money, when planning OA group activities, or in the way we operate our meetings? Do we stop to consider that our group's attitudes and actions may mold many newcomers' first impressions of OA as a whole? Do we ever consider how our group's actions might affect the public's opinion about OA as a whole? Do we keep our group free of control or influence from outside of AA, OA? Do we practice the principle of autonomy by taking responsibility for our own actions and avoiding attempts to control the actions of others. That's an important one for me when it comes to living by the fourth tradition. And the final paragraph in this chapter is all of us need the balance implicit in the principle of autonomy to be the unique OA groups and individuals we are meant to be. Tradition four challenges us as individuals, as OA groups, and as a fellowship to strike a healthy balance between our responsibility for ourselves and our responsibility to each other while we grow and work together as companions in recovery. Boy, isn't that a recipe for a happy world to take responsibility for ourselves and responsibility for each other. And with that, I'll end.